Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning, everyone. This is Dawn Marie Alexander Borsico, your host of The Process 319 Unleashed. And I hope that every one of you are having a great and fantastic morning, even despite anything you may be going through right now. I welcome you this morning, and thank you so much for joining me. Well, I hope you guys are getting ready for the holiday or this Christmas season, and the, the new year is only like, what, two weeks away. Oh, my God. Well, as you know, what we do here, we always invite God to be an honored guest, and we want to pray for you guys um, as you're on your way to work, as you're listening on demand and maybe shopping or whatever you may be doing that would embrace you to listen to us today, and we want us to make sure our hearts are open and prepared for that which God wants to speak to us this morning. So let's go ahead and enter in the throne of grace and just uh, lay our hearts out before the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for being who you are. We thank you for your love, your mercy, your kindness. We thank you, Father God, that because you were born and because you died, you allow us to now come boldly before the throne of grace and lay out our hearts before you, to lay out our petitions with thanksgiving before you, Father God. We know that you love us with an everlasting love, and that's why we celebrate this time of the year, because you chose to come down in human form, in the, in the, in the form of a baby, to grow up to be a young man, as a teenager and a young man, so that you can die on the cross for our sins. So we thank you, God, for all that you've done for all for us and all that you're going to do. Now, Father God, I know that there are those that may be listening today that are going through you know, hard times. They've lost a loved one, they're in between jobs, or they're estranged from their children, whatever the case may be. Touch them this morning, Father God, this afternoon, this evening, or whenever they're listening to this broadcast. And let them know that you love them with an everlasting love, Father God. That you died for their sin. That you died to put them back in a place of abundance and authority. So we thank you, God, because we know that you are an awesome God, a true God. And for those that may have everything great, well, praise God that things are going well for them. Praise God that they're moving on to a new dimension, a new place, Father God, in you, where they can give you praise and glory for all that's going on. Now, Father God, as we move forward in this broadcast today, I pray that you will speak to me, and I will say only that which you would like me to say, only what will encourage people and draw them to your heart, not to me, but to draw them to who you are, to draw them to what your mission and your plan is for their life. We thank you for that, God. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, guys, I hope, I hope, I hope that you guys are doing really well. I want to thank all of you for your likes on Facebook, your well wishes. Um, when I was going through my own, and, and I still am having some of these symptoms of my own 
personal uh, uh, ailments in my body. And I want to thank each and every one of you for your prayers. It means an absolute lot to me as I see those on Facebook. Well, you know, the last time that we were together was about two weeks ago, uh, and uh, we were talking about is Jesus really the reason for the season? And we said no. We said that we are, us, human beings, people of the earth, are the reason for the season. And the reason is, is because Christ was specifically born. We celebrate his birth because of what he did for us. I mean, and what he's going to do for us. I mean, it's the fact that he loved us. It's the, it's the beginning of the tangible seeing of the love for us. And we saw that it began in Genesis when God first killed the animal to create the, 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 uh, the loincloth or the coverings for Adam and Eve after they had sinned. And we know that that was the example, that was a type and shadow of what was to come, of what God was going to do through Jesus Christ. And we see that vein, that, that line going all the way through the, New Te- the Old Testament and then culminating in the New, and we know how it ends in the book of Revelation as far as those who uh, know him and have accepted that free gift. And we talked about the fact that, you know, that, that blood, that, that purpose of Jesus coming is really to redeem us, to put us back into position that Adam lost for us in the garden. So we the reason for this season. And so as we look at the fact that we are the reason, we are the culmination of why Jesus came in the first place in the form of a baby to grow up to be a teenager and then a young man and then to die is for us. But we also know that during this time of year that many people are estranged from family and loved ones and they're dealing with the reminder that their loved one died at this time of year because we see it on the news through accidents and through just life, you know, as we grow older, uh, whether it be a, a malady in our body or whatever the case may be, this is sometimes a very hard time for individuals and families, and they're feeling de- depressed and lonely and you know, uh, I know those feelings. I was there. I remember being a divorced single mother, and uh, my kids would go with their father, and I was home by myself. Or, you know, my family would be with their respective families, you know, uh, and it was just me. And it's very lonely sometimes. Or when people get depressed, you know, for whatever reason, that, that loneliness could foster and bring on depression during these holiday seasons, you're reminded about what you don't have, what you lost, family separating. <clears throat> but Jesus died, was born so that we would not have to feel lonely. He was born so that he could die so that we would not have to be in that place of loneliness. We would not have to be in that place of depression. And I was reading, I heard somebody mention it, I know the scripture, and I was reading it again. And it's always that time, it's a gentle reminder. We all have our favorite scriptures and they minister to us at different times. And I was reminded again, it was brought to my memory. Not that I completely forgot, but for this season, I was reminded of Psalms 91. So I want you guys to grab your Bibles if you can. Grab your tablet, grab your phone, 
and I want you to go with me to to I'm sorry, Psalms 91. And then we're also going to look at John 15 because that one just left my socks off also. But you know, I love to get left my socks off by the word. So go over to Psalms 91. We're going to spend some time there this morning. And we're going to see how we can hide and our refuge is in Christ. And we know that uh, many times we see Christ throughout the Old Testament as a type and shadow. We see him and how he is described and discussed. So I am getting there with you this morning, and we're going to really see how we can hide. There's no need for us to allow the enemy to make us feel a particular way when Christ died so that we could have that relationship with him that would cause us to not feel alone. We would have our joy and our peace is in him. So let's go ahead and read Psalms 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty God, the Almighty, whose power to uh, his power um, can withstand. I will say of the Lord, life, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God on him. I lean and rely, and in him I confidently trust. You know, when we're leaning on and confidently trusting in God, we need not fear. We need not uh, be concerned because we know that in Timothy it says that perfect love casts out fear, perfect love. I didn't always like that scripture because I would be in a situation where it was fearful. You know, what, what, what are they going to do to me on my job? What if I lose my job? But what about my home or my husband or my kids? It was fearful. You don't know. You don't understand. But we must remember that God knows all, sees all, is all, and nothing takes him by surprise. He's not scratching his head, you know, in in the heavens going, oh, my, what am I going to do about that situation? Oh, they're in this. He's not doing that. So if we know and believe, we throw it out there and we say, oh, God loves me, God loves me, or I love God. But have we really digested that and realized that God loves us, that we are confidently trusting in his love for us? And if we do that, we see what it says in the first part of that verse. It says that we dwell. See, being a Christian, being a believer, saying that we love God is not arbitrary. It's not a thought, it's not an idea, it's a lifestyle and it's a place. It's a lifestyle and it's a place. We're in the kingdom of God. And we know about that when we go and study uh, the New Testament, study the book of Matthew. But we can dwell in that secret place of the Most High, that place where not everybody knows, not that place where not everyone goes. So we can take our refuge and we can say to the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. In other words, he's that protector of me. Okay, let's go on to verse 3, and I'm reading the Amplified Version. For then he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and uh, from any deadly pestilence. Then he will cover you with his 
with his pinion, and under his wing shall you trust and find refuge. His truth and his faithfulness are a shield and a buckler. Oh, my God, that's awesome. You shall not be afraid of the terror of, of the night, nor of the arrow, the evil plots and slanders of the wicked that flies by day. I mean, think of this as those negative thoughts that come. And know we want to remember our loved ones. We want to think of those negative thoughts that come to just kind of wipe us out or the negative things that people may say. Unfortunately, even though this is a time where family loves to get together, sometimes family is not the most pleasant to be around. And they can say things that are just very hurtful, you know. So when you think of this, it's it's that negative spirit that people may carry even during this holiday season, and that's why many sometimes are lonely and don't get together because they're reminded of, you know, I just don't want to deal with my family because you, you don't know how they are. So when we know here that he will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings shall you trust and find refuge. His truth and his faithfulness are a shield and a buckler. They're going to hold you. They're going to comfort you. They're going to protect you. They're going to hold you together when it seems like everything else is lost. You shall not. That's a command. It's not an option. It's not, a, it's not arbitrary. He says, you shall not be afraid of the terror of the night, nor of the arrow, of the evil plots and slanders of the wicked that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor of the destruction and sudden death that surprise and lay waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right side, your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only a spectator shall you be, yourself inaccessible in the secret place of the Most High, as your witness for the reward of the wicked. I want to stop there and, and, and again reiterate that secret place. That's a place of worship, guys. It's that secret place that not everybody goes of worship. You know, when we look at it, as the song says, or the scripture says in Psalms, that we enter his gate with thanksgiving and we enter his courts with praise. So we have gate, you have the court, and then you have the holy of holies. A lot of people, when they worship, they're still stuck at the gate. Their mind is somewhere, their heart isn't focusing in on God. Uh, they're, they're, they're just not there. They're just, to, they're just singing songs. They're just singing words to a song. And we have to know that when we're entering to the presence of God, we're entering in in a certain posture. We're entering in having dealt with and cleaned up. Not that we clean, that we can do something, but we're applying the word of the, of the Lord to clean us up, to, to do. In other words, we confess our sins. We, we are faithful and just to confess our sins, and then he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. So if we know we have an ought, we try and get it right. But we know the word says that we should confess our sins to the Lord, and we try and get that right. You see, though it's obeying the word because he gives us instructions in his book. And as we hide ourselves in that place of intimacy, when we hide ourselves in the most high, that's when all these things can go on around you and it doesn't faze you because you know who you are in God. You know who you are in him and you know 
whose you are, okay? So when those feelings of loneliness come, those feelings of depression come, when you're feeling as though, oh, my God, why did I even come with my family? When you're feeling like, oh, this is just life just, let's just say, sometimes people feel like life just sucks and I don't want to be here anymore. Why am I alive? Why am I here? You're here because the Bible says in Psalms 139 that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. The Bible says that he knows the, the hairs on your head as he knows the sand on the seashore. He knows the thoughts that he has for you and the plan that he has for you. That's why you're here. That's why your presence in the earth is valuable. That's why you're worthy. Uh that's why people need you. They may not recognize it, but that's why, because God does. And your value to God is more than it will ever be to people. Again, that's why we celebrate this season, because he had to come to earth so that he could die, so that he could redeem us, so that he could put in all the promises and the covenants that we have. When we say that he'll never leave us nor forsake us, he will do just what he said. So we're going to go on and read that because I want to make sure that I get over to John chapter 15. He says, only a spectator shall you be, yourself inaccessible in the secret place of the Most High, as you witness the reward of the wicked. Now, I've been in situations where we're, where we're just so into the presence of God. You're reading your word. I've read my word. I'm, I'm, um, I'm spending time in worship. I'm going to church. I'm, my, my, my whole life, my whole being it's just in the Word. And things are going on around me, and it's like, okay, I know what's happening, but it's not, it's not having an effect on me. Why? Because I'm shielded in the presence of God. My mind is on God. Everything about me is thinking. Now, sometimes we all have our ebbs and flows, and we don't have these grand moments all the time, and life comes and it changes, so we have to kind of get our footing back on spending that time alone with the Lord, having those private times of worship and so forth. But when we do that and we stay in that place where we're keeping our minds stayed on Jesus because he keeps us in perfect peace, then living here is okay. I want to go ahead and skip down to verse 10. There shall no evil befall you, nor any plague or calamity come near your tent, for he will give his angels especially charge over you to accompany and defend and preserve you in all your ways of obedience, listen to that word, amplified version, in the obedience and service. They shall bear you up on their hands, lest you dash your foot against the stone. And we know some cross-references for that, uh, Luke 4.10, and 11, Hebrews 1, 14, and we know, again, that we, we see this talking about here what the angels will even do for Christ, even do for him. They won't let anything happen to him. You know, we look at when Jesus was in the, uh, uh, taken into the wilderness, and, the, and, and Satan was like, well, do this, cast down, go to the high of the pinnacle. And, the, and he was like, no, it, it is written that, the word of God is what we feed on. And then he talked about taking him to the high places and what the angels would come and do for him. So we can see that again right here. You shall tread upon the lion and adder and the young lion and the serpent you, um, shall you trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he knows and understands my name. He has a personal knowledge of my mercy, love and kindness, 
trust and relies on me, knowing I will never forsake him. No, never. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him, my salvation. We can apply this to our life as believers. We can apply this to how we want to live. We know that we have these promises as well. You know, it's a promise of God that he has chosen to give us. Now, quickly jump over to John chapter 15, and let's talk about this in the New Testament. Love this passage uh, again, because it's abiding. When we abide in God's guys, when we abide in God, oh, wow, a little bit about that. When we abide in God, we have the assurity. We have the knowledge. We have the wherewithal to know that God is with us. And there are blessings that come with abiding. He says in John 15, I am. Remember when um, uh, Moses was uh, up on the uh, Mount Sinai, and he says he's talking to God, and, he, and God is like, I am. You tell them that I am that I am. And we see that here. He's saying, I am the vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Any branch in me that does not bear fruit, that stops bearing, he cuts away, trims off, takes away, and he cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit to make it bear more and richer and more excellent fruit. You know, when you, when you see this scripture, we know that God is going to take away, cut away things that are not going to be a vehicle for us to be our best, that are not good for us. Because remember, God sees what we don't. He understands what we don't. He knows every move that's going to, that, that happens before we can even blink at it. You see? So when you know this, then you know, you know, God loves me. He wants my best. If he's taking some things out of my life so I can do something new and different, it's because he wants me to bear fruit. Let's go down to verse 4. Dwell in me, and I will dwell in you. Live in me, and I will live in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding in, being vitally united to the vine, neither can you bear bear fruit unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches, whoever lives in me, and I in him bears much fruit, abundant fruit. However, apart from me, cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. When we abide in God, everything that we need is in him. Everything that we need to sustain our life is in him. So we can find our joy and our peace in him. The joy of the Lord is our strength. We know that it says in Nehemiah. And we know about it in Habakkuk 3.19, which is the reason for this show. Life is a process. We may feel lonely. You notice how the title was feeling lonely or depressed? It's a feeling. And it can, it, it can be very real. I'm not denying that. But it's a feeling. And we don't want to be led by feelings. We want to be led by the truth of what God says, the truth of his word for our lives. So we know we want to abide in, dwell in, because you can be around 
100 people. You could be around five intimate friends and still feel absolutely lonely, absolutely lonely. That's why we want to abide in Christ, and we want to make it a lifestyle. And then we go on to verse 8. When you bear or produce much fruit, my Father is honored and glorified, and, and you uh, and show you and prove yourselves to be true followers of mine. That's it right there, guys. So no worries, God has you. He says, abide in me. He says, dwell in my presence. Come before me. Enter my into the gates with thanksgiving. Into the courts with praise. You know, let's get involved and get intimate as we then move into the holy of holies in a place of worship before the Lord. He will never leave you and never forsake you. He says he will withhold no good thing from you. Read Psalm thirty four ten. Go back and spend some time and read this in Psalms ninety. Go back and read Psalms twenty three. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Spend some time reading Psalms 139. When you feel that the enemy will come along and make you feel depressed, and sometimes it could be that we need to change our diet so that we're getting enough vitamins so that everything in our body fires correctly. But then there are times where the enemy will just come and remind you of all these negative and weighty things. And sometimes they may be true, they may be the past, but we want to keep our minds stayed on Jesus because it's going to keep us in perfect peace. We want to keep our hearts focused on him. We want to make sure that we're spending that time abiding, abiding in his presence. And then the next thing that we want to do is we want to give that love to someone else. We want to be the arms and ears and eyes and nose and hair and toes of Jesus. We want to be the beauty of who he is. It talks about his hair. You know, imagine, and I say that, that might sound crazy. How am I going to be the hair of Jesus? That's, That's crazy. Think of it this way. When you can acknowledge someone for their beauty, you know what? Your hair is gorgeous. Your hair Every aspect, because God knew what he was going to do when he created us. God knew the beauty of what we would look like. So that hair is God's design. So when you go to someone and say, wow, your eyes are gorgeous, your hair is beautiful, you're showing love. You're showing the kindness of God. God has you. When somebody compliments you or be the, you know, well, God has you. When somebody compliments you, he's letting you know, I I put you on somebody's mind today. I let somebody notice you. Now you give that back to somebody else. Don't marginalize people. Don't assume that you know what's going on. Don't, Don't pontificate what you think based on you. Filter everything through the mind and heart of God. And the mind of God, the heart of God, is the word of God. What does God say about people? What does God say about how we should love them? God has you in the palm of his hand. When you, you may not want to go to certain functions, but it's people. And your, your response to that is everything 
the fact that it's there, if a family invites you, say yes. Don't bask in your loneliness. Don't don't stay there. Reach out to others. Receive what God has placed in front of you so that you aren't lonely. God uses people. If we're going to be the eyes, ears, and hands and feet of Jesus, when people invite you, accept that. Use wisdom and accept that. So I hope that helps you guys. Don't feel lonely. God loves you. You're the reason for the season. You're the reason he came to die. You're the reason. You were that important to God that he was sent, that he would come in human form as a baby, send himself as a son, so that he would eventually, 33 years later, die so that you could be boldly in the presence of God once you accept that free gift of Jesus. So I pray that you don't know the Lord today, that you would accept him as your personal Savior. Ask him to come into your heart and that you repent from all that you've ever done. I hope this helps you guys. I'll see you on Facebook. I'll see you here next week on the Process 319 Unleashed with Dawn Marie. And know this, I love you with the love of God. I love you. And God loves you as well. Have a great day, guys. Bye.